Ocean Richie's Daily Takeaway. There was a word that kind of sums up this week that we've all been in together and we've talked about it quite a few times on this show. It's historic. There are things happening this week that are being written into the history books of our nation. We're all in this together. Uh, one force of human nature is the, I think it's six-mile queue to pay respects to the Queen that's going on at the moment. It's huge. A huge queue. They've closed the queue down. I think no, no one else is allowed in the queue at the moment because there's an absolute capacity. And if you remember on last night's Home Time show, I was saying my auntie Ronnie had come down from Liverpool. She make it through? So she made it through. Uh, my mum put a, a photograph in our family WhatsApp this morning uh, with the title Go On Ron and she'd watched the live scr- uh, stream to see her sister go Fantastic. through it. Which is an amazing thing. But I tell you what, it's not just us commoners uh, that are in the uh, queue for the Queen at the moment. Uh, the great and good are in there too. You might have seen uh, on, on Facebook or Ro- Rolling News or whatever that uh, David Beckham uh, is in the queue to pay his respects to the Queen. Decked out like Peaky Blinders uh, with his incredible cap and he, he looks the part, he looks really good. And apparently he's been quite nice down there buying people donuts. Lovely. Which is great. Imagine that, imagine having donuts and uh, crisps bought for you by David Beckham. I think need the sugar hit after all that time. This would be good though, wouldn't it? And that bore you up a little bit to yeah. go around with, uh, with Bex. But it does raise an interesting issue, right? Being in a queue with a famous person. I remember, oh, it was probably about seven or eight years ago now, and I still tell people about it to this day, uh, we were in a queue to get on a plane to go to San Sebastian uh, behind, a couple of people behind, Benicio Del Toro and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Because uh, they were in the movie Sicario and going over there for the San Sebastian Film Festival. So, uh, have you been in a have you been in a queue with a famous person? Uh, yeah, uh, two. I, I'll have two for the price of one on this one as well. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, Lenny Henry and Dawn French back in the day. We're talking a good, a good at least twenty years ago. Back in the day, uh, on a now defunct <laughs> package holiday flight operator uh, on a flight back from Kefalonia to Gatwick. Oh wow! And how were they? Did you sit anywhere near them? Or? They were late onto the plane. Is all I will say. A lot of tutting going on there. <laughs> uh, Kevin says I waited at the baggage carousel in Kefalonia again uh, with Peter Barlow from Coronation Street. Kefalonia is where the great and the good go. How about this from JT? Whoopi Goldberg. I was at the American Embassy in London renewing a passport. My mum, not very subtly, said that woman there that woman there looks like Whoopi Goldberg. Only for her to turn around, drop her sunglasses and say <laughs> it's because she is. Through a wink as well. Class act. Getting a wink off Whoopi Goldberg, that'd make you weak, wouldn't it? Uh, Greg Emerson says uh, he was in a queue with James Corden outside Itsu Mayfair. He needed a couple of bags for his order. I mentioned the infamous man bag and he laughed. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. And Rui says, uh, only waiting in, waiting in line with Romesh Ranganathan for a cappuccino at Three Bridge Station. But he's then tweeted us with a photo of the behind of Ramesh with his back which is a little bit weird uh, this this makes it a bit more niche uh, from Tim here uh, queue for the toilets with a celebrity uh, uh, ended up weeing next to Freddie Lundberg at uh, Heathrow Airport in uh, 2002 he was on the way to join the Sweden team for the World Cup I was on the way to inspect a washing machine factory in Poland Different, it's sliding doors moment, isn't it? I'd, I'd 100% have a uh, uh, stage fright there. That's a stage fright situation. It would be for me too. Uh, Rachel said, listen to this, Rachel says, and this is the one to beat so far, right? This is a run of different spotting people in queues. Jimmy Nail, Gosforth Chippy on the high street. Big portion, she's put in brackets. Uh, Pavel Cernicek, Tesco Ken- Kingston Park, in brackets just milk. Gazza and Peter Beardsley, Ikea, in brackets on different days. Anthony Head, Cinema, Chippenham. Stuart Lee, Hipster Coffee Stall at the Blue Dot Festival. For a while there, it was a Geordie who's who, really, it wasn't it? Non-stop Geordies. <laughs> so if you can beat that for an amazing queue spot of a famous person, 81215 is the number to text. Uh, this tweet here is uh, putting forward a queue with Nick Knowles. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a programme he'd be in. <laughs> Queuing at Heathrow to board a flight to Dubai many years ago. Upon boarding, the tweeter says he turned left, I turned right.
Oh wow! Okay, so he went to first class. <laughs> yeah. I've never—I don't think I've ever turned left unless I learn to fly or pilot a plane. <laughs> I ain't turning left. Put it that way. Uh, this is an interesting one, guys. Good afternoon. I stood behind Tom Daly and his family in Orlando mm-hmm. in 2008. Now here's the interesting bit. I, what I'm loving is not just being in a queue with someone, but people who feel that they then can make a bit of patter or a joke with the yeah. famous person. Uh, apparently, Tom sneezed, and I said, "Oh, that'll be all the time you spend in the water, Tom." <laughs> Had a bit of a giggle and a chat, lovely family, and I left him to it. Uh, we've got Michael on the line. Michael, who did you queue with? Uh, Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler, uh, the footballer. Yeah, and it was a full-time Liverpool, Wembley and Man City, and Liverpool had lost, and he was claiming his winnings. What do you mean? Where was he? Uh, in, in the Conkles at Wembley Stadium. What, a bookies? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even wow. retired. So, 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 so th- that means if he was claiming his winnings and Liverpool had lost, Robbie Fowler had bet against Liverpool yeah, and was claiming yeah. his winnings at Wembley. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking to see. Oh, oh, oh. This is not just a call into the home time show. This is whistleblowing of the highest order, my friend. Yeah, yeah, probably libelous, but it is true. <laughs> James says uh, he queued next to Brian Adams at Adelaide Airport. Ooh. Backpacking around Australia. That's James, not Brian. Uh, he was travelling with his, his guitar. Remember, he had a marker pen in his pocket. So fumbled around pulling all the dirty clothes out of the bag to finally find the pen. Plucked up the courage to ask him to sign the battered guitar. And Brian Adams says, no. <gasps> I don't sign guitars. Uh, That's very un-Brian. James goes on. He saw my disappointment and grabbed a piece of paper to sign for me uh, before heading off into the airport lounge, leaving me waiting. When I finally made it through customs, I saw him drinking in the bar with his entourage. He then sent me a bottle of Rolling Rock over and lifted his drink to me. I like like the happy ending to that story. If he had left on that sour note, that would would taint... Uh, Brian Adams for me really would. going forwards and I've heard he's a good guy do you know what I mean uh, other stuff coming in Gaz says uh, Charlie Dimmock cash point machine no further information uh, someone here says Jermaine Jackson motorway services on the M1 he was getting a salad from Tost which is good to know alright <laughs> uh, Mariana is on the line who did you queue with uh, Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro. Whoa! So bear in mind, up until this point, it's just been the stars of TV and, yeah. and, the, and the big screen. This is next level. Well, I was very young, and um, this is hilarious, sorry. I was very young, and we were on our way home. Obviously, Fidel Castro is a pretty big deal in Cuba. Um, and then, yeah, gates closed. We were all like, what's going on? And then um, he came out to apologise for holding everyone up. Wow. And so, I mean, obviously, just to clarify, I guess you were on holiday in Cuba. You weren't on, like, a, a you know, a half board in Benidorm or something like that, and Fidel happened to be in the same resort. <laughs> no, no, no. We were on our way back from Havana. So he came out to apologise. Uh, so, you know, to a queued with him, how, how close did you get to Fidel? Well, we were right at the front of the queue. It was, we were at the front of the queue when the gates shut. Wow. And did he have a cigar on the go and stuff as well? I don't think he did. My dad got a few pictures of him, uh, and I can't remember there being a cigar in that. Because you wow. remember the FBI tried to put uh, explosives in his cigars yeah, yeah, to kill yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So he probably, <laughs> by that point, he got spooked, didn't do any more smoking. Maybe he was vaping by that point. Well, that is an amazing yeah, thing. Currently, Mariana, that is definitely the leader. It's, you're going to have to go some to beat Fidel Castro in a queue. Well, I'm glad to have provided the story. Gary Carter says, I once queued behind a certain Andy Bush and family <laughs> for the restaurant at the White Rocks Hotel in Kefalonia. Oh! Do you want me to go on? Go on, then. <laughs> that was one of my favourite holidays. Thankfully for you, it says it was the highlight of his holiday. Oh, bless him. Do you know what? Kefalonia's come up a few times. It has. I want to go on holiday. <laughs> Everyone else I, I know is on holiday. I agree with you. We need to get ourselves on holiday. Let's put a long song on. Kaz says, listen to this. Guys, I queued for a ride at Legoland Windsor with Chris Martin and 
Gwyneth Paltrow a few years back. They had a big old row. He stormed off, then she stormed after him. And when we came off the ride, she was outside stuffing her face with crisps. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Bailey waiting to uh, share his. This is a good one. Bailey, who did you queue with? Uh, it was Dappy from Endubs. <laughs> Dappy from Endubs. And what was the queue? Uh, it's a queue for Oblivion, I think. It's a few years ago now. Okay, so what is this? A, a ride at Alton Towers, yeah? It is, yeah. What, uh, describe the ride just so we know what Dappy was doing on there. Uh, well, you just go up quite high and then it sort of leans you over the edge and it just drops you straight down. Not one and for me. <laughs> was it one for Dappy? <laughs> uh, not a clue. I didn't see him afterwards. Were you behind him or were you in front of him in the queue? No, uh, I was behind him in the queue. So right. were you hoping then that you were going to end up going into oblivion with Daffy then? <laughs> well, I, well, I thought it was quite good, yeah, but... Did he have to remove a lot of his jewellery? Because he wears a lot of jewellery and hats and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he did, yeah, hat off. I'm surprised he even made the hype thing getting in there to be honest with you. You've seen it. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Bush, I'm heading into the weekend with uh, the lawn looking the best it has looked in months. You know how I'm obsessed with my lawn? Wait, this is where we differ because you, you're you quite into your lawn. I, I couldn't care less and if I could tarmac our back garden, I'd do it at the drop of a hat. <laughs> um, at the height of the summer when it was all record temperatures and all that kind of thing, it looked awful. Much like everything every back garden uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, but I had faith in all the fertiliser I put down and all the love and the care and attention I've put on it. And today I mowed it and the str- you could play you could play the Wimbledon final on that grass, I promise you. But it looks a dream. It does look a dream. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, when you're cutting it, you've got your grass cuttings, all that kind of thing. What I didn't want to do was wheel the garden waste bin through the house. It's out the front of the house, ready to be picked up, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Didn't want to wheel it through the house, out to the back garden, so I thought, OK, that's fine. I'll just put all my grass cuttings uh, in a big bin liner and I'll carry it through and empty it out the front. So the lawn looks great. Kitchen doesn't look so good because I split the uh, refuse bag uh, oh. on a door handle as I'm walking through. What a wind-up. <laughs> suddenly got all these grass cuttings all over the kitchen floor. Took ages to clear up. Exactly. What a wind-up. Well, you know, I think a split in any sense of any part of life is just the worst thing. Like, for example, like, I'll never forget. I don't know if you like, there's certain people in life that have split their trousers at school. <laughs> And there's other people who haven't split their trousers. You've, you've have or you haven't. And I'll never forget splitting my trousers being out on the yard. And then you have the humiliation of wearing 1970s pair of shorts <laughs> and having to sit there whilst the dinner lady sews them back up again. Generally, there is no good split. There's no good split if you're the person that is concerned with it. If you are the person that has seen a split, generally, yep. the rule follows that it's very, very funny. Uh, so uh, please share with us your split <laughs> stories this evening. What split? Where did it happen? What were the consequences? And Mrs Zukowski, thanks for sewing up my pants. <laughs> uh, your stories, please. Let's just get this type out the way. Then we don't need to have any more of these. There's a few of these, isn't there? Matt says, friend of mine landed funny when jumping over a gap on his mountain bike and split. You can c- you can complete the rest yourself. Split the difference. We don't need any more of that. Thank you very much. Split is difference. <laughs> uh, what split? Where that happened? What were the consequences? Natalia tweets, as a yoga teacher, a leggings split is an occupational hazard. Oof. <laughs> I've had a lady in the front row point at my crotch and whisper, Natalia. In such instances, depending on my comfort level with said students, I either refrain from demoing or I tell them not to look too closely. Occupational hazard, that's for sure. Kirsty says, when I was working as a nurse on the stroke unit, I split my trousers doing CPR on a patient. 
I was wearing white pants, but I tell you what, the patient survived. Good, good news. <laughs> Lucky pants. Now, I tell you what has happened. Uh, we're having all sorts of police officers uh, get in touch with us. Uh, this text, I split my trousers at work as a police officer. There was a pursuit. I'd set myself up perfectly with a stinger to puncture the tyres of the fleeing vehicle. Ooh. My time in the chase came as I flung the stinger out and bent over to lay the device. With a perfect spread, I heard a huge rip and my trousers split right back <laughs> on my backside. The offending vehicle drove over my stinger and popped its tyres. I then ran down the road displaying my boxes to my colleagues as I grappled the driver out of the car. One detained and one pair of trousers for repair. I'm starting to worry there might be a problem with police quality trousers here. Uh, someone on the phone who wishes to remain anonymous. I think we have another police call. Uh, great to have you on the show. Tell us your split story. Um, I was getting on my bike whilst on duty as a PC mm. and a, a bit vigorously cocked my leg over my bike, split the gusset right out of my pants <laughs> and had to walk all the way back to the station because I couldn't ride it because the wind was getting right up you know where. What a nightmare. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is, we talked earlier on about like dinner ladies used to sew your pants back up for you back in the day when you were a kid. What, what, what are your options when you've split your pants as a grown-up at work as a police officer? Oh, you just have to hope you've got a spare pair in your locker. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear. Because you can't be arresting someone with a rip in your pants. It, I, it ruins your gravitas, doesn't uh, it? Gravitas and authority, I think, it slips away It's somewhat. undermined, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, luckily, on that occasion, I had a spare pair, so I could go back out on duty. Wonderful news! Yeah, and also, I mean, if that happens to you, you you've got to be having a spare pair of pants in, in your locker as standard from this point onwards, surely? Yeah, all the time. Multiple pairs. And a slightly less speedy mount onto the bike next time, I'd say. Oh, I don't want the bike now, I'm too old. Uh, interesting one here, a little bit different. Says Bush and Richie, I want split a pair of aces playing blackjack in Vegas and won myself 500 quid. I don't know anything about that game of cards properly. Me neither. Splitting aces, what is that? But it sounds good. You need to do it. The 500, 500 quid. £500 consequence is better than mopping up the kitchen floor, I'll tell you that much. He's on a winner. Uh, Mark's in Bedlington, honeymoon, nice hotel in Mexico, sitting in a swanky wine bar. I sat down and split my chinos from front to back. My wife said it wasn't noticeable, but all I heard was people laughing as I walked through the hotel and up to the fifth floor to the room. Oh, God bless you. Oh. Oh, the first night of honeymoon as well. Uh, Martin, was did you split? We were on holiday in Duvier and we went to we went to the airport and as I'm loading the the cases onto the, the sort of the carousel, I must have split my shorts. <laughs> um, lo and behold, it, it wasn't sort of down the seam, it was from one pocket all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> and lo and behold, I'm strutting through departure lounge thinking, oh people are like me must have a really good time, etc. And lo and behold, um, my girlfriend looked at me and went, you do realise you just split your trousers all the way. <laughs> and I was like, you are joking. She went, no. And it was literally from my waist all the way down to the bottom. And um, luckily, I had a spare pair of shorts in my bag. So I quickly ran to the toilet to the laughs and jokes of all the kids laughed all standing about. <laughs> You're really lucky because you've, you've actually split the bottom whilst putting all your other clothes into the hold of an aeroplane. So you're very lucky you had a spare pair in your carry-on. Well, I don't know how the hell I had them in my carry-on. I, I think it was probably because um, my other half didn't put them in the um, didn't put them in the bag and just put them in there just to sort of uh, uh, just to stuff them in the bag pretty quickly. So you, you were the uh, talk of Cardiff Airport, that's for sure. 
Well, I was told to call through. I, didn't, I couldn't understand most of the, what the people were saying in, uh, in the, sort of the Greek airport, but a lot of people were looking at me, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm looking. My time must be pretty good. But uh, but no, lo and behold, I had to quickly run to the toilet and change my uh, change my shorts there and then. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was quite embarrassing at the time. Uh, no one's been shy in coming forward with their stories about things splitting. Thankfully, not an embarrassing one, just an annoying one. But some of the stories that have come through, a little bit different. Uh, Carol from Harpage says, while climbing over a fence for a shortcut on a way to school, I got stuck on top of it. As I got off, my skirt ripped and I had to borrow my friend's skirt. I was four foot whilst my friend was six foot and I had such a large waistband all day, we had to race back to hers and her mum had to fix it for me at lunchtime. <laughs> Stays with her. Laura says, I work as a postie. I hadn't realised I split my trousers until I finished delivering an entire road and got back to my van. All my customers, a cheeky little flash all day. Uh, David, can you beat that? What was your story about ripping something? Uh, well, I was out in Manchester with my brother and uh, we'd have a nice day out. I remember going to Pizza Express, sitting on a stool. Um, I dropped my brother off, got home, thought I'd get changed. Uh, held my jeans up uh, as you do and massive split down the back <laughs> so you had no idea whilst you were walking around like the Arndale etc that you had a massive split in the back of your, your jeans I had absolutely not, no idea and I was wearing white underneath which made it even worse now also David actually you, you spent all day with your brother that's actually an interesting point there because your brother would have been in a position to let you know that you'd split your pants but equally depending on what your brother's like he might have noticed but not said anything because I know that's what mine would have done thrown you under the bus yeah he, he said, I said afterwards Jake did you not notice I've not split my pants and he went no I have no idea He's not looking hard enough, is he? That's for sure. Do you know, and obviously we were up uh, at the Arndale Centre in Manchester for our, our show when we were in the bed for the day and just watching people in Manchester yeah. like to get dressed up. You look good in Manchester. So this, <laughs> this must have been particularly mortifying on the streets. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a nice summer's day as well and, I, you know, no coat on or anything like that to cover it up. I mean, to be fair, if I'd noticed it when I was out and about, it'd be even worse because then I'd have to like go into a shop and buy a new pair. <laughs> if you put your brother Jake through a lie detector test... What do you reckon it would come out as? I think it's still denied anything. I think you'd just say, no, I didn't see anything. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's an unusual Friday because, obviously, strange stuff's going on. There's not many people around as well at the moment. Certainly quiet in central London, where we are. Obviously, the attention is focused somewhere else. So I feel like we're watching people a bit more closely if they're in the building here mm. at, at Absolute Radio HQ. And the most unusual thing happened just before we started our show this evening in that our producer, Nick... Uh, with about 25 minutes, half an hour left to go before we went live, so I just need to pop down to Lloyd's yeah. to do something. And we're like, well, what's that? I didn't know whether it was the pharmacy or the bank. Turns out it was the bank. And he, he told us cryptically, as he then, the doors closed on the lift, so we didn't get a chance to really speak to him any further about it. He said he had a load of old £20 notes to shift. <laughs> and that is the str- And he walked out with a backpack. So it's the strangest thing. I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know what he's up to. There's, is that a thing? I think there is something in the water at the moment. I can't, I, I can't say too much, but um, but my wife said that recently she also had to go to uh, a financial institution to uh, get rid of some notes that were soon to be uh, out of circulation. She hasn't been on some kind of job with Nick, has she? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to find out what's been going on. I tell you what, though, whether it's dodgy or not, he's come back and he's bought a load of chocolates, so I, I feel like a gangster's mole. I'm not even going to ask any questions. <laughs> I don't know whether they're good chocolates to eat though I think they're 
Dirty money. I'm happy with it, though. It tastes lovely. Some context on people that are desperately trying to cash things at the moment. I've looked this up. Bank of England are withdrawing legal tender status of paper £20 and £50 banknotes after the 30th of September. So that's why Nick's so keen to get down there with his backpack and trade them in. What are we paying this man? Unbelievable. Uh, outside at the end of the corridor in our uh, little live music zoo space yeah. uh, here at Absolute Radio, um, on the grand piano, that sounds very uh, blasé. What a decadent it? way to uh, <laughs> have some food. Not going to lie, though, there is a grand piano down there, and on it is a little punnet of six wraps. Now, they look like they've been got in for some kind of meeting earlier uh, with people that are way, way higher up the tree than you and I here at Absolute Radio. Oh, yes. But there's six of them left. They're not refrigerated. I don't know how long they've been there, but they're certainly done with but they've not been opened yet. Smoked salmon and poached egg or tomato, spinach and poached egg. Now, each one of these individual wraps is still sealed, but they're not in the fridge. The question is, are they good to eat? But uh, it's like that'd be like going through the bins at prep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, well, no, I don't think it would be because the thing that is making me think this could be a sensible decision is that they are all still sealed. They've not been tampered with. I know, but I'm very weird about that. And I know, obviously, you know, with, with the cost of living and all that kind of stuff, I need to get my head in the right space. But I'm very, like, weird about if something's, like, gone off or by its, near its sell-by date or... You know, you know on, the, on, on uh, uh, Egg Mayo, yeah. you can get a film <laughs> on the top of it. After a certain period of time, it's that. I don't know what it is, it's just that. I can imagine you going into that room to eat them, if you do eat them. Like, you know when you see, like, a raccoon or a badger on CCTV? <laughs> That's exactly what I... That's what it's going to be like. You get your head in the bin, fall over and run off again. Cleo says, only if you want to lose weight over the weekend. Oh. Uh, John says, I would, but nothing with fish or fruit or avocados, so that rules out all of them. Wow. And Ian says, I used to buy an occasional sandwich on my way to work and keep it in my bag and eat it hours later. I stopped after I got Compilobacter. <gasps> Dear Lord, I'm sweating just thinking about it. Compilobacter? Yeah. That doesn't sound good. Uh, I've just Googled Compilobacter. Won't be eating any of those things. That, I swear I've seen them at Reading 93 as well. <laughs> <laughs> Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.